everybody. Welcome to Tales from the Kayfabe, episode, what, it, what is it? 17. 17. They never th- we never thought we'd get here. 17. <laughs> We've been trying real hard, guys. 17. Never thought we'd get here. You know, that's weird. That started off as an iced tea impression, but turned quickly into a Dusty Rhodes Im- impression. <laughs> They're very similar, and I did not know it till right now. They're the same man, really. Oh. I wish they were. Oh, yeah. Can you just imagine? I mean, have you ever hey, seen Daddy, either of them in the same place ne- at the same time? They've never been in the same That's room. That's fair. Uh, I you s- get, can you imagine Dusty Rhodes solving oh. crime and uh, on uh, Law me, and Order? Let me tell you something here, Daddy. I think this I think this guy was touching kids, Daddy. I, I, I think this guy, this guy, he snuck into the bedrooms. I assume that's what that show is. I don't watch that show. I think there's a special victim in this room, Daddy. <laughs> we better get the unit. We better get the unit out. Hi. Let me tell you something about hard times, Daddy. Hard times is working a job for 30 years. Have I gone over that promo on this show? No. Let's start off with that a little bit. Uh, I don't know much about it. Hi, I'm Jack. Oh, that's oh, and Jack. I'm Matt. I'm, I'm Kevin. Matt. We didn't do that, but we just started off with Dusty Rhodes. It's uh, perfect. He, so is, what is this promo? Uh, he had one. It was against Ric Flair in the 80s uh, for basically what was about to be WCW. I don't know if it was WCW at the time. People can yell at me if they want. I think NWA might have been it at the time. Um, but they were going for the championship. And uh, Flair, or not Flair, uh, Dusty Rhodes cuts a promo where he's talking about, yeah, Flair, you say you've been on some hard times. Well, you don't know anything about hard times. Hard times is working. Like, it like gave all of his, like, he's the average man like type thing and he he was talking about working a job moving heavy stuff working doing this and he goes you know you know what hard times is the crux of the whole thing was hard times is working a job for 30 years 30 years they give you a watch they kick you in the butt and say congratulations a computer just took your job daddy (laughs) that's hard times that's hard times he does a couple things after that, and then my other favorite part of that promo is him saying, uh, now, now people say I don't be, belong in this business because my, my honey's a little big and my body's a little wide, but I'm bad. I'm bad. I, there's, only, there's only two men in this world that are bad. Me and John Wayne, and he's dead. <laughs> John Wayne, and he's dead, and me. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. The American Dream. Weird, weird fact about that promo, too. Uh, uh, rest in peace, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes. He died a few years back. Uh, died on the same day that John Wayne did. Like, like, not nah, same exact day. But years later, yeah. Huh? Odd. That, that is interesting. That is very interesting. John Wayne came to take him home. I mean, have you? Ever <laughs> I can't seen do a John Wayne. I, uh, I, I oh, well, Pilgrim. I don't. That's, yes, that's Daddy. A, <laughs> I'm gonna go with it. Uh, come home. All right, Dusty, be here one minute, baby. Don't you fret, baby. Enjoying this way too much. Uh, this is pilgrim, uh, pilgrim, uh, pilgrim, get over money. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing the. I'm getting. I feel like, like I'm a doing turtle. The, yeah, I feel like I'm doing a turtle <laughs> impression. Uh, pilgrim, uh, I've got a race you. against a hair later. <laughs> Would you like to cheer me Ooh. on? Uh, Dusty Rhodes. All right, we have we we have uh, uh, some things to talk about today. It's it's kind of a. I'm glad we started off with Dusty Rhodes because it's a it's kind of a characters welcome show again. <laughs> uh, 
kind oh, of. Then it's appropriate that you were wearing I'm a wa- shirt. Oh yes, with the gobbledygooker. I'm on wearing it. the gobbledygooker. Uh, 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 my friend Patrick Rawlings, who, which uh, today, at when recording this right now is his birthday so happy, happy birthday. birthday happy birthday a week ago a when week this ago is released. happy belated uh yes uh it it's his birthday but before that he sent me a uh a shirt and he kept texting me be like you're gonna hate the shirt that i give you <laughs> you're gonna hate the shirt i give you and i'm like okay and then he finally gives it to me and it's a gobbledygooker and what i love about this shirt is it's an official wwe store shirt but it looks like someone just got like a print kit from walmart and just like ironed on this picture it looks like someone's mom made it it's, for them oh it's yeah. so good like it's i love how the WWE's like oh it's a shitty gimmick it it gets a shitty t-shirt it's <laughs> oh it's so good it, like also though it's an orange t-shirt yeah yeah thanksgiving and, bro but like the Gross! One of the grossest versions of orange. Oh, yeah, I like this orange. What are you trying to say? I used to have an orange uh, Pink Floyd shirt like this. I don't know. I that kind of orange always just like you like the makes me think of being sick. I don't know. You like oh. the uh, like the the internment camp orange? Is that okay? Orange? Jesus <laughs> Christ! We yeah, already it's, got it's here. A, <laughs> hey, hey, Crayola! Hey, Crayola! <laughs> I would like to draw with internment camp orange. Could someone please? Could I would someone with maximum security clearance please make me? Um, I was actually okay. Let Let's start off with this. I was gonna save this one for last, but let's start off with this now because I don't know why that reminded me of. I, I you know what? Here's what it is. Was there an internment camp story? No, no. Here's Here's what it is. Um. We're going to talk about The Ultimate Warrior. And I have talked about this documentary mm-hmm. where they just fucking buried The Ultimate Warrior. And it was, you know, a lot of documentaries, not just wrestling, but a lot of documentaries have a point of view, as they should. And they should t- definitely take that point of view. Very few are kind of am- ambiguous. But uh, this one was a point of view that, like, they let everyone talk shit on the Ultimate Warrior, and it was almost like he was like Hitler. Like that was like I'm like, what other documentary about a person where they just talk shit on him? Like, oh yeah, Hitler. That would be one. Uh, so the name of the documentary is Self Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I recommend it because it's the most one sided documentary I've seen, uh, where like all these people just talk shit. On the Ultimate Warrior. So here's who the Ultimate Warrior was. Uh, he was a big, muscly guy in the 80s uh, that decided to go into professional wrestling. And uh, with his friend at the time, who was Sting, uh, they went in separate not, directions. I, not, I know from the last episode, it's this. not that Sting. Not police. Right. <laughs> Edge opted out. He, uh, <laughs> no, so it was... Uh, so yes, they they decided to go into pro- professional wrestling kind of at the same time. They were friends and everything. Uh, Ultimate Warrior went on a couple. They I think they were a tag team in some territories, and then uh, eventually that one went to WCW. Another one went to uh, WWF at the time. Uh, Ultimate Warrior was kind of this cool looking dude he was this big muscly dude had dude had this crazy 80s glam hair kind of and then wore face paint that was like kind of tribal and called himself yeah. the ultimate warrior and he had those tie-offs around his biceps had, too to make him pop oh his veins popped like yeah. crazy i mean he looked like he looked like an addict constantly oh, but he like- was also he was also roided out to the max <laughs> This was the 80s. Uh, uh, a lot of people don't know this. Anabolic steroids were kind of legal in the 80s. Uh, certain ones were. were. they kind of legal or were they just not illegal? They're, they were not illegal. Okay. But that's also I'm- legal. <laughs> what, uh. are you, what are you asking there? That's. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference. No, there isn't. <laughs> Like, it's okay, not, okay. No. it's not so, like they're giving go- it out at schools, but it it's 
If it's not but, but illegal, other, uh, but, it's legal. But other steroids were illegal at the time. Um, but I but, don't or like, were or were all ster- Do you know if all steroids were? So like, I think oops. what he's saying is prescription, right? Okay. Um, I think some were heavily under prescription, which uh, WWE may or may not had a doctor. That just did I think it you mentioned. I think that we yeah we talked where about you had that. a doc. They may or may not have been a doctor who just prescribed things. Yeah, he was definitely working there. Yeah, he was definitely working there, and uh, um, they were considered legal or a legal substance. And I don't know if they're over the counter. I don't know too much about them, uh, but they were at the time. Uh, until about 1990 or 91, somewhere around there, they banned all of them. Unless, like, there's certain steroids that basically, if you you know, if you have certain diseases or something, they you, they still yeah. recommend you take it. But if someone's an athlete, they don't, right? Because you don't need it. Um, and that's still true to this day. Anyway, uh, enough about steroids. He was definitely on them. Uh, <laughs> he was definitely on them. So he, they did a, a couple things. My my favorite story is they put him in a feud with Andre the Giant. Perfect. They're like, this is going to be the next big guy. We got to put him in with Andre the Giant. And uh, Bobby Heenan, one of my favorites, Bobby the Brain Heenan, tells the story about how he and uh, Andre the... Am I boring you, Jack? What? Uh, Jack just yawned. He doesn't care. He doesn't... You don't care about this? Well, listen to this story. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan says... Look, I don't care about brains. I oh. only care about looks. If he's Bobby the Look Heenan, then I'm in. He did not have the looks. <laughs> no. No, he didn't. He, he was a toe-headed motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he would have he told you that, too. Um... So Bobby Bobby Heenan tells a story. He was uh, Andre's manager at the time, and uh, basically he was his manager just so he was a bad guy. Back then, anyone that was put next to Bobby the Brain Heenan was automatically a bad guy. Doesn't matter if you were like the biggest baby face in the world. If all of a sudden they're like, "Oh yeah, he's my management," you were just hated. Um, that's how much heat this guy had. People really hated him. He he was the best. He and, could talk like I mean, oh, he's he, such a good. He could speak yeah. circles around all of us. Like it's it was insane. Uh, but yes, he tells the story. Ultimate Warrior. Uh, one of his signature moves was a clothesline. He'd run across the ring with his arm out, clothesline the guy. And Andre liked to uh, when he took a clothesline, he would somehow get tangled up in the ropes. Okay. Like he'd take the top rope down and then tangle himself between the middle rope. Um, he loved doing that. That was one of his favorite things just because he thought it looked cool and everything. And he didn't have to move. Yeah, he didn't have to move much, so he liked it. <laughs> um, they said with all these tours and everything that were going on, uh, the first day that they did it, uh, Ultimate Warrior, he goes, he comes running across there at 40 miles an hour and clotheslines him. And he gets tangled up in the rope, and I just hear Andre just go, Ugh. and he goes, second day, he comes running across at 60 miles an hour, clotheslines him, and I just hear, Ugh. and he goes, and I'm just like, oh, boss doesn't like that. <laughs> and then he's like, the third day, he comes running across there at – 90 miles an hour and same thing just he goes the fourth day I might be adding a day in there he's like the fourth day he comes running across there at 150 miles an hour and Andre just sticks his fist out (laughs) and breaks his nose (laughs) breaks his nose and he goes down and he just kind of like he just kind of looks at Heenan and just goes after the match he goes He's going to learn one way or another. Like, <laughs> and then he goes, and then the next day, because like they fix his nose and everything, the next day he goes, he just comes running across like, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just at like four miles an hour. Just <laughs> God, I, I want to be on the level of Andre where I have to say, no words and get my point <laughs> across exactly. Andre gave no fucks in life. Yeah. We we'll talk about him a little later because I've heard some stories about him where he he it seems like he was just one of the greatest guys and uh, uh, 
if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, friend of the show, we've had him on, Sean. His uh, one of his relatives worked at Chase Park Plaza, and as a tip, Andre just gave him a blank check. Or, <laughs> what? Or either a blank check or it was like a four hundred dollar check. It was still crazy. I we'll have to confirm yeah. with him. He'll probably he'll probably confirm it for us. But like, uh, it was it was like. It was like a, a really healthy, healthy, healthy tip. Wow. And also, Sean, when you listen to this episode, just post on the Facebook page. Yeah, he will. Yeah. He'll do it. <laughs> um, oh, also the 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 big story that I, before we go back to Ultimate Warrior, the big story that everyone talks about, about how uh, much money uh, Andre the Giant liked to spend was that him and Schwarzenegger and a couple other people were at a dinner one time and uh, Schwarzenegger, that was the thing everyone's like, Oh, Andre picks up the tab. He always wants to. He always has to. He picks up the tab. And so uh, one time, like, Schwarzenegger sneaks, like, back into the kitchen area, where and he's starting to pay the tab. And all of a sudden, he feels two arms on his shoulders, <laughs> and, and Andre just picks up Schwarzenegger <laughs> and walks him all the way back to the table... <laughs> Sits him down and says, "Don't ever do that again." <laughs> That's how big Andre the Giant was. He, he picked could just up easily pick yeah. up Schwarzenegger. He, he, he picked up Arnold Schwarzenegger like a doll, like right. like like just held it with with two hands on his shoulders and just lifted him and walked him across the room. Insane how big that guy was and how strong he was. Yeah. Uh, but yes, back to uh, back to Ultimate Warrior. So he had some feuds with him. He, he also did uh, things where like Bobby Heenan is the only one that has everyone else has backed down. Like you know we didn't really mean what we said. Sorry, has publicly apologized to Ultimate Warrior. Only person that hasn't is Bobby Heenan. Because like he did, he did one move where he he didn't try to protect Bobby Heenan. It, it's a move where you lift someone up. I think it's it's a press. You lift them up over the head, and then you just kind of walk out from under it, dropping oh, them. Okay. And there's a way to protect the person when you're doing that. He didn't. He just didn't. He's like, this guy doesn't fucking care about me. Like, <laughs> fuck this guy. He's the only one that hasn't backed down. And yeah. God bless him. <laughs> uh, well, so what is the... Why was there such a hit job against the Ultimate Warrior? Like, we'll what get, was the turn? Okay, we'll get there. Uh, let's get there now. Uh, <laughs> we'll re- get there later. Oh, we're here. We're here. Uh, I will say, he, this wasn't the turn, but... Uh, that, was a, that was a quick detour. Andre... <laughs> uh, not, not Andre. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior fought at WrestleMania... Six? Or something like that, and I forget which one. Yeah, look that up for me. They they fought at one of the WrestleManias. Uh, the Intercontinental Champion was Ultimate Warrior. Hulk was the World Champion, and they were doing who winner takes all. And uh, Ultimate Warrior won that, and so he was a big deal. He he was huge, and uh, people really loved it. Well, uh, he got real cocky. Real cocky. And uh, what the turn was, was it six? Mm-hmm. Six. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought. He, he got real cocky, and what the turn was was, I think it was like a SummerSlam or some pay-per-view. He was in the back with, uh, he was in the back and told Vince McMahon, I'm not coming out unless you give me an extra $50,000. He refused to do the show that night that he already said he would do under contract unless you give me another $50,000. And so <laughs> now Warrior's story is that he he owed him uh, – that Vince owed him a bunch of money. And he was like, hey, you owe me this money. I'm not going out unless you owe me this money. Yeah, pay me the money you owe me. Here's the thing. I've heard a lot of things about Vince McMahon. A lot of things about Vince McMahon. The one thing you never hear is someone saying he didn't pay me the money <laughs> on time. Right. That was the one thing he always did and always has done. Uh, and he'll sometimes he'll like kind of short people. I've heard this too. Like he won't short them, but he'll kind of short them a little bit. Well, 
I mean, like, people look at their, like, what they made for the whole year. Like, Steve Austin tells a story about how he looked at what he made for the entire year that year, and this was when Steve Austin was Steve Austin pinnacle. Uh, And he's like, you know what? I don't think I made enough money. And and said it to, like, basically his boss, which was JR, and JR goes, let me talk to the old man. And and then uh, goes to goes to him and then comes back he goes here's a check for sixty thousand dollars and like <laughs> i think he just likes to be called on it sometimes mm-hmm. like maybe th- like he's negotiating like he 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 negotiates down i mean they've got I, a weird thing because i think i think he like lowballs yeah he's like how much people actually are like yeah in, in the shows i think i think he would lowball but then like if someone's like no that well what's this then you'd be like all right there you go Right, <laughs> and and we're square, and, and we're yeah. square. I, like, like if he could get away with it, he totally would. Yeah, but and you have to, and you have he to kind of respects that. No. He kind of respects that where it's like, where it's like, hey, you know, I'll do your job, but you're not giving me much here. He'll he'll respect it if you call him on it. He's like, all right, we got to pay him. We're we're good. Let's go. And uh, but this one was it was more of a, a hostage situation of mm. I'm not going out there unless right. you give me this money. So he goes out there, does the job, comes back to the room, and you're fired. And <laughs> he fires him. Uh, well, the warrior then, Ultimate Warrior, tries to change his name to Warrior legally. Just uh, okay. Warrior, no first name or last name. <laughs> or I think it was A Warrior or something. <laughs> Tried to change his name legally to like, so he could take now, it somewhere else without yeah. having to battle. Yeah, he just he just changed it to a impronounceable symbol like Prince, and then mm-hmm. that, that was it. It was kind of it, just like, the mask. It's just the mask. <laughs> the the wrestler formerly known as Warrior. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so he goes to uh he goes to WCW for a little bit, and then eventually comes back to WWE. Uh, we're going to talk about this story a little bit later, too, but he has a match with uh, Triple H, mm-hmm. and that was actually Triple H's first WrestleMania. Now, he comes back looking, and this is probably like 97 or so, 96, something like that, maybe, probably earlier, but he comes looking back about 100 pounds lighter because <laughs> no more steroids, bro. Uh, right. He he looks a lot lighter, and so everyone's like, "Oh yeah, he did those steroids. He did them good. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> he knew how to use them well." Um, in fact, he never he never he just t- he always had his arms tied off, so like he yeah. could just inject them straight into the vein. Like, well, the one thing he he for some reason he didn't like Triple H, and this is when Triple H was going fully by Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, and his finishing move, the pedigree, I don't know if we've talked about Triple H's original gimmick yet. He was an aristocrat. Perfect. <laughs> named Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And he he had a, his ponytail was long and he came out in like a, a, a suede vest and everything. And they would play like this classical music as he went out to the ring. And the pedigree was his finishing move that... Yeah, he was giving you a pedigree, basically, or he or whatever, and so <laughs> that was his finishing move. So for about a year or so, no one had ever kicked out of that move. So they're like, "Okay, this is gonna be the chance." Of course, he, he's the bad guy. Ultimate Warrior's the good guy. You're you're gonna kick out of his move. He does the move. He doesn't necessarily kick out as much as not sell it at all. Like, he <laughs> he does the move on him, and before Triple H can even get down to pin him, he pops up and just jumps up. <laughs> no one else has even ever kicked out of this. He just was like, didn't hurt me. Didn't count me. That kind of goes with everything I've heard about the Ultimate Warrior, right. though, because yeah. he sounds like he just kind of goes loose and fast. Like he, he, he didn't, does. He didn't really. I I I was about to say like yeah, Ultimate Warrior sounds like he is the only person like playing Calvin Ball when the rest of everyone <laughs> else is wrestling. Of like, 
And nope, new rule just applies to me. Yeah, well, like there there was many like honestly, so he would come his whole thing would he his music would play, it was real energetic and he would come running out to the ring. And a lot of times he got gassed before he even got into the <laughs> ring because he would run out and then he would like go and shake the shake the ropes and just like look like an animal running around the ring. And that was really cool to see. But then it was like all his matches had to be kind of short because he was kind of winded. Uh, see, that's how I would do it. If I was a wrestler, that I would like start <laughs> running and I'd get like 10 steps and be like, hold on, guys. Just one second. I can make it. (laughs) Yeah. He, like, it was very entertaining for everyone. Uh, But he would always have just, like, real quick matches. Uh, Not super quick. He had some long ones, like, of course, WrestleMania and things like that. But his Intercontinental one, where a guy had a belt for nine months, and then all of a sudden he just comes out and, like, beats him, like, in two minutes. (laughs) Uh, So... That was his whole thing is that he would run out to the ring, be kind of gassed, and then it's like nothing kind of hurt him almost. But like this one to just be like, nope, not doing this, or I'm not taking this finisher, or I'll take it, but I'm not, it's not going to hurt me at all. Like it was very middle schoolish. So he, not just because of that, because of probably some other stuff too. He didn't get invited back to the WWE for the longest time. No. So they did this hit job of a documentary on him, uh, just kind of talking shit on him. And then also, like, man, he had some weird promos too. There was one where going into WrestleMania six, he talked about taking down Hulk Hogan's plane. What? Yeah. And then he's going to... Oh, man. I, I'm, let me try to see if I can do... Then I'm going to go into the cockpit and take down the pilot. And it's going to be filled with rocket fuel. And it's going <laughs> to land in parts unknown. Like, it made no sense. It, none of them made sense. Wait, did 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 he... um? die before or after the Malaysia flight disappeared? Ooh, good question. Uh, I mean, has when, anyone seen both of them in the, the same, same room? Right? When um, did the Malaysia flight happen? Oh, that was just like three years ago. He died, I believe, in 20... <laughs> 14. 2014. Ooh, it's a close thing. Yeah, that's close. It's a close thing. That's a close one. 2014 he uh we'll talk about that then uh so unfortunately uh, what the malaysian airlines flight that disappeared what, what when march 8th 2014 he, he stole a plane hold on <laughs> hold on hold on do you want to know when the ultimate warrior died yes he died early April of 2014. Oh, so he could have done he this. He could have done it. <laughs> he, he died exactly a month later. A month later, April 8th. Uh well, okay. So they do this. They do this hatchet job. Now. I feel real bad now. Like I'm making fun <laughs> of like a whole bunch of people whose family members died, and I'm saying that a wrestler did it. I mean, they're not listening. Yeah, yeah no, they're not. <laughs> Well, they I don't understand these words. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I will say this. Ultimate Warrior, uh, they did that hatchet job. They made fun of his promos. They made fun of everything. And I, I need to watch this again because it was just so crazy. Um, but they eventually induct him into the Hall of Fame. And they bring him back and they uh, sign it. Like Everyone's excited to see him go into the Hall of Fame. During his Hall of Fame speech, he even says something like, hey, that documentary hurt me a little bit, guys. <laughs> he goes, that hurt. And, like, he didn't shy away from that. Uh, Lyndall McMahon inducted him, and that was real weird. Because it, like, it would normally be Vince, right? Or, no, or be, who, would, who would it be? That... A wrestler that respected him. So I oh. think that was the problem. Uh, uh. uh So... Here's the thing. He gets inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014, mm-hmm. the night before WrestleMania. Right. right. Night before WrestleMania, inducted in the Hall of Fame. Comes out 
during they they bring all the Hall of Famers out during uh, WrestleMania ceremony to, well, not the ceremony, but during WrestleMania just to be like, hey, here, everyone, give them a round of applause, let them stand right. on the stage one last time, get the applause and everything, and then uh, he actually shows up on Monday Night Raw. Uh, doesn't paint his face, but they were selling Ultimate Warrior masks at the time. Uh-huh. And he puts on one of the masks and does a promo, like, Warrior. And, like, says that whole thing, and it's like, oh, cool. And basically, he was signed to a Legends contract, so he could come back. And what a Legends contract is, is, like, they kind of take care of your signings and everything. And also, if they want to bring you back for something, they can. And it, okay. it would be just kind of easy, but they kind of want to keep you a little close. And kind of take care of you a little bit with things. Um, they sign him to the contract, and he dies the next day. Getting onto his plane, he has like some sort of heart failure. It's the craziest thing that happened. And then you add in the whole Malaysian Airlines thing. And then you right? add that in. Conspiracy theory. Uh, no, Let's connect the dots, I guys. had a roommate at the time that... Right. Swore it was Vince that did it. Right? Like, he's like, he poisoned him. I'm like, I don't think so. He poisoned him with, with uh, steroids fuel. for, for ten years. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, I, oh. that can't even be on Vince. That's oh. just on the ultimate warrior <laughs> yeah. himself taking liberal Lots. use of here, here, everybody. Allegedly. Have, have some steroids. He probably did. Allegedly. I mean, when you come back after not Looking, being at a place. Hogan uh, did the same. Like, a hundred pounds lighter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, like I was, I was exaggerating with a hundred pounds, but yeah. But, like, looking visibly, visibly less, different. like, yeah. muscular. Well, they were illegal. Yeah. Or just not illegal. They were not illegal. Uh, the one thing I did leave out about this, and I, I think it should be, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit, uh, Ultimate Warrior build from parts unknown. Dude, he didn't say, like, his... his, his like, not, like, from St. Louis or yeah, from Detroit. It's from, from parts unknown. Some like wrestlers a, still do that. I like love it. desert somewhere. He just... Yeah. Uh, like I think I think it, either Undertaker or Kane still bills himself from Death Valley. Uh, I think that's Undertaker. I think Kane might just be Hell. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> Hell from Hell. I'm from Hell. But yeah, that was my favorite. The, from parts unknown. So the thing that I love the yes. most about so I'm IMDb the uh-huh. destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. So executive producer Vince McMahon. Yes. The the guy who directed this Uh-oh. was pretty much just did that movie. No, no, did just did wrestling movies. Well, what's his no, name? No, no, but not uh, Kevin Dunn. Uh, Kevin oh, Dunn. yes, no, the, Kevin Dunn is the producer of all wrestling things. Uh, yeah, he not just that he he produces Monday Night Raw. Okay, he he's one of the main producers of Monday Night Raw. But like uh, at a, at a quick glance, this is the only documentary. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it was like we're gonna make one document, like like about, and we're gonna basically shit on this real person yeah. rather than telling about the characters yeah. that are in this in this thing. It's like they they just they just brought um, him out. I, just I for this think one deal. I think they did eventually. I didn't see it, but they did whenever they got him under the Legends contract, uh, and they were making it before he died. Uh, they did do like a proper, like apology. No documentary. They oh, did. A, right, they right. did kind of apologize. I mean, them inducting him to the Hall of Fame was it's kind of cut, a bury yeah. the hatchet. But but he's got. There's a thing after him now. What was it called? You mentioned it last time. It oh was the, the no. It was like a, a the Warrior Prize or something like that. Oh or? yeah. Um, I should mention that because they just announced the winner of or, or the recipient of that. Um, they have uh. They then named, after he died, that way uh, they named a section of their Hall of Fame the uh, Warrior Prize. And it does not have to be a wrestler. And it never has been a wrestler, actually. Um, it's someone that maybe they're just a fan or something, but uh, they have done a lot of charitable things. They have done a lot of courageous things. Or have... have uh, They've just showed uh, willpower and courageous stuff. So they were a warrior in a sense. 
So it's okay. the Warrior Award. Uh, first recipient uh, was a uh, little boy. I'm about to cry if I say this, but it was Aww. a it was a little boy uh, that passed away of cancer, and he was the biggest Daniel Bryan fan ever. If you find the two minute, if anyone wants to look up and cry, uh, the two minute video or three minute video they do with him, his name's uh, he called himself Connor the Crusher. Oh, oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna cry. That's it's so, so it's so. But to WWE's, uh, we talk shit about him a lot. WWE, but to their extent, they gave him the award and also started a charity in his name. Okay. Uh, uh, called Connor's Cure, and they even like you know how you do like wristband wristbands mm-hmm. like Live Strong or something. They started doing that at their shows, but it's like kind of like beat it bracelets. Kind of looks like a little kid beat it bracelet. It's really neat, and uh, they. They even like kind of made like a a drawing of a championship belt that says Connor's Cure on it, and it was the cutest little video. If you can find it, there was one time uh, they even brought Connor out to the ring and uh, had him punch Triple H in the face. That's amazing. <laughs> and like he, Daniel Bryan talks about this because he inducted him, he gave him the award, and he was like, he was. They're like, okay, go go ahead and hit him, and he's like. I can't hit him, and and they're like, "What? Yeah, you you can hit him." He's like, and it was more like, "No," because if I hit him, like it was one of those like, he's going down, like, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so finally he did, <laughs> and Triple H does his bump, falls back, and they let him pin. Tri- it was really cute. It was really good, and and the whole thing <laughs> will make you cry. I'm about to tear up, so I'm gonna push off from that. Uh, who won this year? Who won this year? Second year, I'm not sure who who won. It was uh, someone. She does a lot for charity, and I think she's on a news show. We can look this up. I don't know. This year, um, was a uh, was a guy that uh, was a football player for. It was a fo- college football player and received a bad tackle that paralyzed him. Uh, Eric and Legrand. Eric Legrand. Uh, it paralyzed him, uh, and it was almost to the point where they're like, oh, you're not – from the neck down. And they're uh, like, you're not going to move ever. And he has he has since gotten movement in his shoulders back. He's gotten some movement in other areas too. He's not walking again yet, but he's gotten some movement, and he became a motivational speaker going around to schools, talking about safety, talking about all this stuff. And uh, he was a big WWE fan, so he came around, and they're like, "Oh, this should be our our winner this year." So he's he's the recipient this year. And then last year, 2016, was Joan London. Who who is she? Joan, like the, the from Good Morning America. That's it. Yeah. Good yeah. Morning America. Yeah. She does a um, bunch of because yeah. she's a spokeswoman for, for Susan G. Komen. Yes, um, she's uh, breast she cancer. Um, Susan G. Komen's connected to wrestling, and I think she might have just been a fan. But uh, but uh, Susan G. Not Susan G. Komen, not this girl, but Susan G. Komen. They have uh, they have their middle rope is pink for the month of uh, October. Yeah. I think that's breast yeah. cancer awareness. Yeah. Month. Yeah. Uh, and some of the wrestlers were pink going out there. Uh, so they're really big on all that stuff. But uh, mm. um, her, I think she might have just been a fan or has done some events with them. And so they put her in there. Uh, they have yet to name a celebrity this year. But maybe next week we'll go over all, all of the other uh, candidates because that'd be good. Um, you got some really good can. No, you got some really good uh, people that are being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. We've talked about most of them. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No. Uh, <laughs> WWE. Here's here's why I got confused. One of the one of the teams going in is called the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So that's why I said Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> The WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. So moving on. Uh, let's talk about... I I swear, okay, we haven't talked about this on the show. I We're at episode 17. I'm not sure what we've talked about it, anymore. It, fair, fair. I, li- honestly, so we record a week before we release... By the time I'm releasing these and putting them online... You forget. I forgot what we talked about in that um, episode. So... Have we talked about Sable or I don't Mark Marrow? 
Uh, I feel like you mentioned, mentioned it last week. You mentioned a, you mentioned about talking about Sable last week, but I don't think you okay. actually did. So because I know I and I, I think you brought them up last week, yeah. or I'm having a very very I big, brought them up last uh, week. Like okay, deja vu moment because I feel up. like I would have made the Mark Marin oh, joke. You said uh-huh. that last week. Okay, yeah, so okay, deja cool. vu. Oh god, I thought it was gonna be a huge deja vu. So, moment. Uh, Sable. Uh, she actually made one of her first appearances. Uh, she was the she escorted or she was the valet for uh, Triple H when he came out to his WrestleMania match that we just talked about okay. with Ultimate Warrior. That's why I said we'd talk about that a little later. Um, that was one of her first things, and like uh, Jerry the King Lawler, who was the just the pervert at the announce table, would be like, "Oh, who is that?" and at the time, uh, Vince McMahon was just an announcer, and he was like, "Well, I I know who that is. That's Sable." And like, oh, that's Sable. Her na- her name's Sable. I have it right here on my paper. And um, so the other thing, on, and this is the on, most nineties one. Hold on, mm-hmm. were they like trying to pretend Vince wasn't the boss? Very good, very good question. Uh, yes and no. They they were trying Vince. It was kind of known that he was the boss at that time. This this would have been this would have been ninety six, probably, probably ninety seven as well. Uh, but he was an announcer, and everyone knew him as an announcer. But he was also like people kind of knew he was the boss, but he would also like play coy, like oh, I don't know what's going on here. And it was still like the uh, it was still like wrestling's real a little bit, and it's like well I I don't know, like oh, like he he would. I don't know. It is weird because there was even a stint with uh, Steve Austin, and we might talk about this later if we have time, uh, where he's all of a sudden at this announce table, and then Steve Austin is yelling at him for something because he's the boss, and then he just goes back to the announce table. And it's like, <laughs> everyone knows you're the boss. What are you doing <laughs> out here? So, it, it yes, it, it, it was a weird thing. Okay. I I don't know if I can explain it because I don't understand it myself. No, I um, kind of get it. I it, I think it was probably more for the like making it yeah. seem more real kind of thing. I don't know, whatever. So, but he could also still be in control without having to be openly the boss mm-hmm. uh, and play into the narrative or whatever. So I get it. Sable Sable was this uh, very beautiful woman that was just at first going to be just like a valet just bring out they just wanted a hot chick walking next to walking next to the wrestlers well her husband was a wrestler his name is Mark Marrow and this legit in real life was her husband um they didn't know what to do with her at first and this is going to be the most 90s thing uh she oh god no no this is 90s to the point where at first she was just coming out uh to the crowd uh, showing modeling next to an inflatable chair. Do you remember inflatable furniture from the nineties? Yeah. yeah. They had I a WWF that. inflatable chair and she, she would just bring it out and then everyone's like, Whoa, who's that? And they would start, they would start cheering for her cause they heard it on one of the WrestleMania. So they'd start chanting Sable. So they're like, okay, we got to start bringing her out with her husband. So they bring her out uh, with her husband, Mark Marrow. Well, easily and just just by the reactions, people were cheering more for her mm. than Mark Marrow. So Mark Marrow became the bad guy quickly, and she became this valet that everyone just kind of loved. And he would, he would. It was a very comical thing because he would bring her out, and she would like be wearing some. She would come out. He would come out first, and she would come out second, and be wearing something very skimpy. And he would like have a towel and try to cover her up. And he or he would come out wearing a uh. boxing robe, and he would try to cover her up in the robe. Or they would both be wearing robes, and then in the middle of the match, she'd just start showing off, and he would get distracted and lose his match. That happened a lot. Um, I don't know exactly when they had a bikini contest, and all she had was hands painted on her boobs I don't know when that happened someone else might have like covered her up that time but it did happen you're probably looking at it right now uh, no 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 she's fully clothed in this she's fully clothed in this picture yeah she um, has she is very attractive very attractive 
it was the. Did she ever like really wrestle though? So she had a couple like. This is kind of when women's wrestling moved into the more diva era, if you will. And the, so was it more than just hair tossing, or no? It, that's, that's that's what it was. That was okay. Uh, it it went from they had uh, women wrestlers that were the very kind of China looking women wrestlers, right? Uh, just very muscular. But then, like, it moved into the, oh, we're just going to hire some models and teach them basic catfight moves right. and have them win championships that way. Uh, they weren't doing a whole lot of actual wrestling moves. Not a whole lot. So, uh... <laughs> I think I was still. I think I was still watching. Yeah. Watching whenever they made a big deal about her posing for Playboy, or was on the cover oh, of Playboy. Or yeah, something she like was. That. She was in Playboy. I got a funny story about that actually. Um, we well, were, you found the magazine. Right? I found the magazine yeah. in a bookstore in Detroit. We were in Detroit <laughs> last summer. Uh, Matt and I actually, and uh, my friend Dave Marr. Uh, Dave Marr and I were in a bookstore and I was looking at all these old Mad magazines and he goes, "Hey, you can help me pick out Avengers Playboy." I'm like. They have vintage Playboys here, and so we go over to this rack, and they have all of these vintage Playboys. And I'm like, I wonder if they have Sable or or China. I wanted to see China actually, but <laughs> didn't we all? Um, and they had Sable, and so I'm like, yeah, I, I gotta buy it. And I bought it with a Mad Magazine from like 1975, <laughs> and I, it was weird. There's a little old lady at the at the counter. And she's like, oh, hi, guys. You find everything all right? And, like, looks at the Mad Magazine. She goes, okay, yeah. And just her face just drops when she sees the Playboy. <laughs> it's for research. It's his historical artifact. And she just is like, it's 5.50. It's 5.50. Or whatever it was. I don't respect you anymore. I don't respect you anymore. <laughs> Did you say, look, lady. In the future, I'm going to have a podcast, and it will become very important. Near future. Near future. Uh, yes. Well, well, so I remember I remember that she posed, mm-hmm. and then I remember, like, it was, like, I remember, I think it was Jerry the King Lawler, just, like, would not shut up about it oh, when she walked does. out. You know, and it was, it was, like, it was almost weird. Like, it was so, almost, like, a little, like, more than just... Like, hey, look what she did. It was like, oh, you're lecherous and creepy. <laughs> oh, he, he, that was his character. He was yeah. always creepy. But they also, I mean, they, the other thing, it used to be uh, either like right before WrestleMania or at WrestleMania, around that time, they would reveal who was on the cover of Playboy. Okay. Like, that was their thing. They'd be like, and the cover person is, and then reveal, like, it was like, Right before WrestleMania, so they could have it around WrestleMania or something like that. So it was a thing of uh, Playboy kind of did a thing like, oh, yeah, you're hiring models that are famous. We like celebrities in our magazine. So it kind of was a good partnership there, if you will. Yeah. I I have a feeling that Vince and Hugh hung out or still hang out. I I don't know, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. But, uh, uh, yeah. here, here's a fun thing that pops up on her. So I guess she I, like filed a lawsuit for sexual harassment and unsafe working conditions at one point. Oh, I didn't know that. Or at least that's one. Of, that's what's on the wiki page for her. Uh, so the other thing I will say about uh, Sable and the Mark Marrow thing was they eventually like Mark Marrow would just ban her from ringside and she'd just show out or just start walking <laughs> out, take off like her clothes and like, you know, wear something skimpy and he'd freak out, lose his match a lot. That happened so much. And eventually she just turned on him and ended up like power bombing him one time. <laughs> and that just became, and then like would do like mixed tags with people. And that's, where they separate it, and then she became like a big deal when the women's division was kind of shifting. Uh, people loved, loved, loved Sable. Uh, her actual marriage did end. I don't know if it was around that same time. Hold on. I'll say who she's married okay. to now. Um, she then uh, left WWE around the early 2000s or something and went to Japan. Uh, also around 2000 three or four uh brock lesnar went to japan and met her and then uh brock lesnar married sable 
they got kids together now and everything. I want to say something real quick. Go ahead. My head did a dumb. So when you're like, she went to Japan, I forgot Japan has like a big wrestling, oh, they have scene. Big wrestling scene. I thought it was just like they were in Japan at the same like a lost oh, in were, translation they were type ostracized deal. to Japan. Yeah. It was a they, lost they in translation exiled. thing. Like they just happened to both be she like was, walking down the street singing, in Tokyo. She was singing on a piano in some hotel bar and- uh, they went to New <laughs> Japan New Japan wrestling. Uh, sorry, I, I should have clarified that. No, they, no, I. It's completely it's, it's obvious to way. anyone who's paid attention. Honestly, I was not paying it's, attention. It's better this way if we. It we, is. I like it better that way. Like Brock Lesnar has a has a has oh, a suit on down. that like is way too big for him. He has to clip it in the back, you know, for his photo mm-hmm. shoot. And she comes out and she's singing karaoke. Uh, eventually. Uh, the two of them just uh, go back to the, the room and get drunk and watch Looney Tunes cartoons for three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do anything sexually. Nothing uh, at all. My, uh, my f- but their hearts connect. This semi- Matt, yeah. I love that you're just saying the plot. <laughs> Lost in translation. <laughs> I, I might have I'm I'm uh, another I, deja vu. Is that moment. the right movie no, that I'm saying? I'm sure it's not. I don't know. <laughs> another deja vu moment that it might be happening that might be happening right now. Uh, have I have I talked about uh, Brock Lesnar in the uh, UFC yet? It's well known oh, that he went so. to the UFC right after Japan as well, and uh, he won the champ the heavyweight championship. And people didn't know if he would. He did. He won the heavyweight championship, legit fighting there. And uh, and they said, okay, what are you going to do next? And they were expecting, like, well, I'm going to defend my belt or something like this. And he goes, well, I'm going to drink a Coors Light because Bud Light won't sponsor me. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to drink a Coors Light. Because Bud Light won't sponsor me in hell. I might even get on top of my wife later. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> left the ring. Uh, that was... It was so funny because people weren't used to promos coming out of... Like, in WWE, that'd be more than acceptable. Yeah. And yeah. and then... And also, like... like uh, you get high fives on the way get high out. fives. Yeah. If, if that legitimately wasn't a sponsor at all, like... Instagram be like, yeah, let him sponsor him. Like he, he was probably like, yeah, why the fuck aren't they sponsoring us now? Bring out the Coors Light hose. The, they, oh, they had that one time. I remember. Do you remember that? I okay. remember that. Um, bring out the Coors Light truck. But yeah, it's like, well, why the fuck aren't they sponsoring us? So like he would, he would probably say shit like that. But uh, but I think Bud Light actually sponsored UFC in general, mm. and and so. That was while he was still in the octagon. <laughs> he they they have a post post fight uh, interview, like press conference interview, like any sport kind of does. And uh, he he had to he went to the back, came out, and then had to apologize to Bud Light. <laughs> And that, and he he not only had to apologize, he had to come out drinking a Bud Light, oh. and said, he goes, everyone misunderstood me there. He goes, I'll be drinking Bud Light. I've never been particular about any beer. I've never said no to a beer. I'm drinking Bud Light tonight. That's it. Like, that was the only thing they cared about. They didn't care about the I'm gonna get on top of my wife. Yeah. And Sable's just back there, just laughing. <laughs> she, you just see her in the back, just ha ha, because he he said it like he didn't just say it to a camera. It was over the microphone of this entire stadium that was hearing him. Oh, I loved it. So good. Where are we at on time? Oh, we're at fifty four minutes. Ooh. Um. Do we have time for a weird one or a fun do guy? Do I have a weird one? Oh, I was going to talk They're about... They're all weird. Do, They're all I was, I was going to talk... You know what? Okay, we do, we do have one for a fun guy. Um, I didn't write this one down, but I was going to talk about this because I, I found out it was his birthday as well today. Ooh. Happy birthday a week ago. A week Whenever ago? Whenever we released who shares, who shares a birthday with, with Patrick? Patrick? I don't know if Patrick will like this one, Ooh. but... Uh, his, he, he's a, hey, a comedic. Patrick, I got you a birthday present. Yep. It's Santino Morella. Uh, Santino. I don't know who that is. Yeah. 
Hold on a second. Okay. Uh, Zatino Morella is a uh, – he was a comedic wrestler. He was around for about five or six years. Uh, he was he was kind of big. Uh, big in the uh, PG era when it was little kids and everything. You see it now, yeah. When it was little kids, they, they loved him because he was so funny. He was, he was legitimately funny. He would take goofy bumps, and people were like, what the fuck is he doing? Even when they were in the ring, but it was because it looked funny. Yeah. That he would do it. Um, I've heard a couple interviews with him now. He was a legit judo guy. He like was an actual fighter, and then like went over to this when he was like 28, and then he was just like, "Oh shit, I'll do a character." Okay, I'll do. I don't. I don't care. I'll do a character, and people were surprised because he was like this legit fighter, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." And uh, he at first was he's. A Canadian guy, and at first he was gonna do a Russian character, and he was kind of doing that. That man, those Canadians love Russian characters, don't they? Yeah, he was kind of doing that, but then uh, something came up, and they asked if he could do like some sort of an Italian accent, and yeah, so (laughs) he did an Italian accent. He wasn't. He was from Canada. He wasn't. That's all. a spicy meatball. Like, I am Zatino Morella. And, <laughs> and uh, would say all these, would just do all this goofy stuff. His debut is something to be talked about. They they were in Italy. Uh, they, the WWE was filming Raw in Italy. And uh, Umanga had the championship. And uh, uh, Vince McMahon was out there with Umanga. And he's like... No, because he just beat Bobby Lashley or something. He's like, he oh, this was the Intercontinental Championship. I should say that. He goes, no one can beat Umaga. He goes, you know what? I'm gonna have an open. He goes, whoever think whoever in this crowd thinks they could beat Umaga, raise your hand now. It'll be for the championship, and it'll be a no disqualification match. And then does the thing they plant. Santino in the crowd points to him and he looks just like a normal guy. No one has seen him before. They don't have the developmental territories like they do now to the point where people would be like, Oh wait, that's that one guy. Everyone's just like, what? Who's this? Everyone was in on it that right. this is probably a legit wrestler. But, uh, this guy comes up and goes, hi, my name is Santino Morelli. He's just wearing like a normal shirt and everything. And so they start the match and he's, it's Umanga just beating the crap out of this guy. <laughs> just beating the crap out of this guy. And Vince is over in the corner laughing. And then Bobby Lashley comes out and starts beating the crap out. It's no disqualification. Right. He just starts beating the crap out of Umanga. Uh, drops Umanga. So does his finishing move on Umanga. Puts Santino on top of Umanga. One, two, three. We have a champion that is not signed yet. They have to have a whole thing. Uh, so then he gets he develops more of his character. He uh, he grows a unibrow, or or at least they put a unibrow on him. Perfect. Uh, his finishing move is something to be talked about. Where it is the cobra. He stretches his arm off. Hits his forearm. It goes up. <laughs> he goes like this. Hits his forearm. Now it looks like a snake that's facing him and then turns it and then just like kind of snaps at the guy yep. and they yeah, go down. The, the picture. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. And he actually puts is, a, is, is where he puts a sock on it. He puts a sock on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a sock that part. looks like a, a Looks cobra. like a snake. And he just goes, Cobra! And then hits the guy. <laughs> With the cobra and they drop. I'm gonna do that from now on. Oh, anybody so ever good. decides to mug me, that's the first thing I'm gonna do. They were gonna be like, cobra, <laughs> cobra, and he would like come out playing a fake, like a tr- trombone that wasn't there. He would just go, doo, 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 doo. like, uh, he also holds the record <laughs> for the fastest elimination in the Royal Rumble. Like he got out the fastest, or he yes. he, he got okay. he got out the fastest with I believe either one or two seconds. Like it, he literally he stepped and jumped out. He literally stepped in the ring, and then someone clo- was running and clotheslined him, 
And then he just like lands on his feet outside, and he's just like, "I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready." <laughs> just. <laughs> but that that was the fastest one. Uh, uh, yeah, Santino Morella. Unfortunately, uh, he's he's still with us, but unfortunately, he had to. He was forced to retire because of neck injuries and stuff. Right. Like that. But he was just, from what I hear, like a funny guy backstage and a funny guy that was in the Honestly, ring too. Like, he looks like. Outside of his like gear, he um, looks just like an affable yeah. dude. He was, he was. I think he he won. Uh, weird, weird thing. He he won Intercontinental Championship a couple times. Um, he also won the Divas Belt one time. <laughs> as wait for it, Santina Morella. Santina Morella. They did had, they put a wig on him? Oh yes, they did. Type in Santina Morella. Uh. This was at a WrestleMania, and I was almost mad about it, but it was kind of funny, and it was like, it was like Holy a, shit. it was like a women's role. Holy oh, shit! This is magical. Oh my He's god! He's got a tiara. <laughs> That's amazing. It was like a women's Royal rumble or something, and he looks so happy. And all of a sudden, they they call out Santina, and everyone's like, "Oh, what's happening?" And of course, he wins. I was that... expecting something completely different, and this is so much better. No. First of all, it's I thought it was gonna be like a long blonde wig. It's yeah. like a short brunette bob. He looks all right. <laughs> he looks pretty good. He looks like he came right off of Jersey Shores. Like honestly, so, yeah. like, I I think the, it was around that the time. The pink like chucks really set it off. Yes. <laughs> so here's what in ending with with uh, Santino. Uh, or Santino, either one. Uh, most people that come from a legit fighting background, as he did, he came from a he. You know, he was going to champion. Uh, he was going to tournaments, and he was kind of a a, a semi big deal in that world. Um, so he was going to all these tournaments. People that come from a mixed martial arts background or or an actual fighting background, they they aren't into characters. When they come to wrestling, they, they take themselves pretty seriously. They take the, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, uh, guys like that. They're going to take themselves pretty seriously. Uh, the only one that I can think of that that went towards a character is uh, Kurt Angle, which we'll talk about later. He wore a tiny little hat one time, and it was great. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> if you want to Google, do you like my hat? If you want to Google Kurt Angle in a tiny hat. Kurt, Kurt Angle. <laughs> it might it might make your day because it it's the greatest you thing can't, ever. You can't get much better than Centina Morella. I don't know. Try, see if you can find. See if you can tiny cowboy, tiny cowboy, cowboy hat. hat. Yep. Oh, that's pretty it good. It's pretty it's adorable. Good. It it's is pretty adorable. adorable. Pretty adorable. Uh, those two guys are the ones that went. <laughs> Like here's the thing. I don't know if I don't know if uh I don't know if Kurt Angle would dress up as a woman. Uh and a lot of being that a lot of those guys are probably a little homophobic back then, not Kurt Angle, he's probably good. But uh for for him to do that and just be like, Yeah, whatever, I'll yeah. You want me to wear a wig? I'll wear a wig. Fuck it. Like I <laughs> I don't care. Um I even heard a backstage story where he was with this guy that is a legit asshole named uh, Hardcore Holly. Okay. Wait, are we talking about Kurt Angle? Or I'm sorry. Or... Yeah, you're right. Um, we're talking about Santino. Okay. Uh, Hardcore, he was with, he did a match with Hardcore Holly, and Hardcore Holly comes back to the locker room and goes, Santino, you are the worst wrestler that I have ever faced. You are the worst wrestler I've ever wrestled with. And he just goes, come on, the worst? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you are yes, you are the worst wrestler I've ever worked with, and he's like, really the worst, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yes, the worst. He goes, out of everyone you've ever worked with, I'm the worst. <laughs> okay, you're the third worst. <laughs> and he goes, and then he, and then Santino was just like, all right, I'll accept that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's our show, guys. 
Uh, but yeah, props to Santino for playing in character and not being just this hardcore dude out there and uh, for putting on a dress and making us happy with Santino. Oh, he looked so happy he in looked that so tiara. Happy. It was so nice. <laughs> it's like he actually won something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like taking something away from women. Yeah. Yeah. A man walked into a woman's space and that's took what I, the title. That's what I didn't like about it. <laughs> but that title back then, no offense, but now it's so legit. I, I would never say this now. The, the women's title is so legit. But back then, they were just doing dumb shit. It was just so dumb. No, it was real dumb. It was just they were shaking their hair and yeah. having a cat fight out there. But now... Oh, none of those women can hold a... Although one of them is back now where they're legit wrestling from that era. Uh, Mickey James came back. Uh, some are, some others are coming back, and some were good. But, like, in that particular WrestleMania, it was just, like, a bunch of models and Santino Morella. <laughs> so, <laughs> Santino Morella! So it was like, yeah, they, were, they they didn't really respect that title themselves back right. then. So. And, and you know what? He pulled off the look. He, he pulled did. off he the good. look. He looked good. If you have it, you if you got it, you gotta flaunt it. That's yeah. what I exactly. say. Exactly. I like I like the fishnet like sleeves Ooh. that he look went. up this picture, y'all. It's, uh, it's you know good. what? It's so fuck good. it. It's the it's the picture for the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's our show, guys. Uh, we will see you next week on Tales from the Kayfabe. I'm Kevin. I'm Matt. I'm Jack. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, if you uh, like this podcast, please let us know. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Also, you can like our Facebook page. Go to Facebook and type in Tales from the Kayfabe. Uh, tell us what you think of the show. All that good stuff. Also helps uh, if you leave like a comment and a, sp- a five-star rating on iTunes. And, and your picture. And your uh, home, and, address. And home address. And home address. And your, your social security number. Your VIN number. Your mother's maiden name. And blood type. Thank yep. you. Bye.